tenakoto katoa. Mai ingaroto e fa karere. O te au o te wai o te awa o Niagara. No ruhia, no parani, no ingarangi, no kotirana, oku tupuna. Engare inohorato ki kanata motenuinga o te oranga orato. E tairato itewa e tamariki ana. Engare imate rato. Korato ngatangata iwiwi kiwawa. Ke kanata oku matua. E tewa itipu ake o. He tohunga kokorangi toko koru. E maumahara o kitona pamu. Irera o ikite, i ako, i ngafetu, i te rangi. I nai ikite o, i ngafetu, i te rangi, mai i a aotearoa. Te wahi tapu ki ahau. Ko Abby, taku ingawa. Ko Mike, toku hoa rangetira. Kaure mawa i tamariki. Engare pai ake ngā tamariki katoa. O tenei au he arohaina atu ki a rātau. I e noho ana māua ki mangere. I rārau i te mano o te pane o mātau hau. Nō reira, tēnā koutou, ki tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou katoa. Good morning, church. Um, I have to say I am so moved and so blessed to be with you this morning. Um, our time that we have shared together has just really moved me, and I am just so blessed and encouraged by God's presence here today and by how you reflect him. It is so clear as a church fano that you have his spirit of generosity, his spirit of love for each other and for the community, um, and wow, am I blessed to share this morning with you. So thank you for your warm welcome. Uh, from when I walked in the door this morning, just thank you for making me part of your fano this morning. Uh, as Pastor Sam said, my name is Abby, and I work in the church partnership team at Christians Against Poverty. And that means that I get to connect with church leaders, to share hopes and plans and challenges and stories together, things that I have always loved sharing with great company. We're working microphone and clicker this morning, guys, so uh, bear with me with the technology. So that is a picture of my Fano uh, up on the screen now. And if you were to sit down for a cup of coffee with me, I'd tell you a little bit about them. I would probably order a flat white, if I'm honest, and I would share with you a little bit about my story. I would tell you that I came to New Zealand in 2003, planning to stay for just six months. And for those of you who are quick with numbers, you'll have already realized that six months has somehow turned into 17 years. And I would tell you about my husband, Mike, who my parents blame entirely for me staying in New Zealand this entire time. And I'd probably tell you how I have been shaped by having my heart in two places. In Canada, where I grew up, and here in Aotearoa, where I have lived most of my adult life. And I would share how through my work with Christians Against Poverty, I've had the opportunity to meet mums and dads who have struggled for years to make ends meet. And this has changed the way that I think about poverty and about how we are called to care for people. 
It has taught me that we don't know what's going on behind people's smiles, behind their exteriors that say, hey, everything's okay. That there are a lot of hurting and broken situations that only Jesus can heal, that only he can restore. And that the church, that this group of people are his hands and feet, called to minister to people in our communities. So this morning, I'm going to tell you stories of courageous people who have been helped by the local church and Christians against poverty. Stories of churches reaching people in transformational ways. And as I share, my prayer is that our hearts would be moved by compassion and that the Holy Spirit would stir in us a desire to see beyond people's strong exteriors, to understand their struggle and to respond with mercy and with love. So let's start by looking at the story that Jesus shares in Luke 10. In Jesus' time, Jericho was an oasis situated on the Jordan River. It was a wealthy and a busy city. The road between Jerusalem and Jericho was heavily trafficked with salespeople, with worshipers, and with tradesmen. It was a 15-kilometer, 1,000-meter descent through dry and desert land. And it was known amongst the locals as the way of blood. So if you had to return to Jericho along this dangerous path, there are a couple of things that you would be thinking about. The need for food and water and proper clothes to survive the harsh sun and heat. You'd be thinking about the need to protect yourself, to stay in groups and to keep moving as you came to narrow passes, often lined with caves where robbers would hide. With that picture in mind, imagine that you are along this road. And as you carefully approach a narrow pass, you see a heap slumped by the side of the road. Up ahead, a priest, a holy man, moves out of his way to avoid the body. And behind him, a Levite takes a closer look but steps over him and quickly moves on. Now, Jesus doesn't say why they don't stop. It may be because they did not want to become ritually unclean by touching someone who had been left for dead. But it may also have been a strong sense of self-preservation. Stopping here meant risking your own life because robbers could be sitting in the shadows, waiting to ambush their next victim. But suddenly, you notice a Samaritan, someone who was considered an enemy to the Jews. And as Jesus tells the story, he says that the Samaritan was moved by compassion for this Jewish man who had been beaten, stripped of all of his clothes, and left for dead. Whenever I read this parable, I am struck by the Samaritan's extravagant care for this man. 
The Samaritan ignores the danger to himself and kneels down to take care of this man's immediate physical needs. He enters into his pain and suffering, and he brings a healing touch. He cleans the man's wounds, bandages him up. He puts his own cloak around him, loads him onto his donkey, and finds the nearest place to rest along the dangerous road. He gives two days' wages so that the man is fed and cared for, and he promises to cover all further costs of his recovery. By responding when he did, he saved this man's life. And who is being a neighbor to this man, Jesus asks. Was it the Levite or the holy man? No, it was the one who showed him mercy, the one who showed him compassion. And what does this mean for us today? The reality is poverty robs people. It strips people of dignity and it rips them out of community. There are families in our nation right here in this community who have been left on the roadside of Aotearoa, battered and beaten down by poverty, often caused by debt or generational cycles that just seem impossible to break. And they may be people that we know or see every day, but sometimes it's people we don't see or people that we assume are okay. It's people like Kath and Malo, who put on a brave face when they went to work, yet struggled to feed their kids on $60 a week for food. Home became a place of resentment and anger. It's Emma, another CAP client, who was struggling to find work and living in a little garage with her young son and no one to turn to for help. She felt like a failure and a bad mum. And it's Sia, a beautiful young mum who was trapped in an endless cycle of debt and repayments and creditors' phone calls, wondering if life was even worth living. Their situations look something like this. Imagine after paying all of your bills, you have just $60 a week. That's $8.50 a day to feed your family of five. This is the amount that many CAP clients are trying to survive on when they make that very first call for help. But if that's all you have, what happens if one of your kids gets sick and the prescription costs $15? Or it's a cold week, and so you keep the heat on just a little bit longer. And now you have to choose between feeding your children and keeping your house warm. So you skip a meal. And soon, that becomes your pattern. CAP clients tell us that was the norm. Two out of three skipped meals on a regular basis. And there's absolutely no extra for basics like car maintenance or school clothes or shoes or fees. And so you choose to borrow to put a little bit of extra food on your table, to fix your car so you can get to work, 
The interest compounds quickly, and the repayments make the days and the weeks even harder. You're tired and hungry, and you lose your temper more, and you fight more. Your sense of belonging shifts, and you withdraw from people because you don't have money for petrol, or you can't bring a dish to a family party. So you stay home, hidden away. Over time, your identity is shaped by loneliness, a feeling of failure, helplessness, fear, perhaps even depression. There is shame from a social stigma that says, you're not trying hard enough. And it's hard to hear, but one in four clients tell us that they had considered or attempted to end their life because of their debt. One client described it as this, it's the stuff that breaks you. You know, if we look back in Luke 4, a few chapters before Jesus shares about the Good Samaritan, he announces his public ministry by reading from the prophet Isaiah. He says, this is who I am, and this is why I'm here. I'm here with good news for the poor. I'm here to bind up wounds. I'm here to heal the broken hearts. I'm here to set the prisoners free. His actions were always moved and guided by compassion, just like we see with the Good Samaritan. His heart was turned toward the lost, the hungry, and the poor. And today there is an enemy who wants to rob people, who wants people to be defined by their struggle and trapped in their poverty. But Jesus came. Jesus gave his life and he rose again to release people bound by pain and hopelessness into a life of fullness and freedom and joy. And he called his church. He empowers each one of us in this place to enter into people's pain, to respond with compassion, and to bring his freedom and transformation. The fact is, the New Zealand government can and does help. Social service agencies have a big role to fill. But we, as the church, are best placed to take care of people both practically and spiritually. And this is where CAP comes in. Over the past 11 years, Christians Against Poverty has partnered with hundreds of local churches throughout New Zealand, acting as a bridge into their community, helping people love the neighbors who have been left on the roadside of Aotearoa. Today, CAP offers ministries that help people get out and stay out of poverty. But much more than that, they are ministries built on a model of compassion, holistic care that can welcome people into community and introduce them to the transforming love of Jesus. In 2008, we began with CAP Debt Help, which reaches people who are in poverty because of unmanageable debt. This is the help that Kath and Mallow and Emma and Sia all received. 
There's a whole team of people from local churches who visit clients in their homes after they've made that first free call for help. They get to know families, take care of those immediate practical needs like filling empty cupboards with food. They pray with families and they get to say, you're a good mom, you're a great dad, you are doing an amazing job. They gather all the debts and bills and send them off to the team at the CAP head office where the team advocate on behalf of 500 client families every single day. This team negotiates with creditors to get interest and payments lowered, and they build livable budgets so clients can begin paying back their debt at a rate that they can afford. The CAP team work with people throughout their two to four year journey out of debt, supporting them through life's changes. And the church team, they provide holistic care, inviting people to church, fixing cars, babysitting kids, wrapping client families up in complete love and support. CAP also works to prevent poverty with a top-of-the-cliff approach called the CAP Money Course. It's a three-session money management course run at the church for anyone who wants a better understanding of their finances. Whatever age or state, support and encourage each other. It is empowering and it is eye-opening. I first encountered CAP by taking CAP Money as a delegate I think it was in 2014, and it was a time when I was changing jobs and my husband was going back to school to become a train driver, so his dream job. And he was super excited. Imagine knowing that you were stepping into doing something that you were going to love every single day. And uh, you may have gathered already that I might be the dramatic one in our family. So while he was excited, I started to panic. He was going back to school, I was changing jobs, our income was changing drastically. What were we going to do to get by? And when I look back, I don't know how we would have gotten through that season and the changes to our income without the ability to plan and to save and to set priorities. Cat money was a relief and a godsend to us. And now, gosh, it must be about six years later, we still use our CAP money budget regularly. Over the past nine years, more than 13,000 people have completed CAP money, learning to budget wisely and plan for their futures. And it's the ministry that this church already has in place. Steve and June trained up in Auckland last year, and I know that they are looking for some willing and um, available people to join them sometime soon so where they can test run and do a course for the first time. So as those details come together, I definitely I would encourage you to put your hand up for that. What I love about the CAP services and what I love about working with the church is that together, they provide a platform for hope. And hope is so powerful. And hope doesn't start the day that someone goes debt-free or has their finances all sorted. Hope starts when people realize that there is a cat money course available to them in their community. Hope starts with a prayer when someone first calls cap. 
It starts with someone showing up and saying, we're here to help. You are not alone anymore. It starts with the knowledge that people have value, that there is a God who loves them and has so much more for them. Now, I'm going to show you a story of transformation and hope. But before I do, I just want to mention this book. Nevertheless, which I have the great privilege of being able to give away to you for free today. It is the story of CAP's founder, John Kirkby, and how he went from total financial ruin to start an organization that has helped tens of thousands of people around the world. How at his very lowest, a pastor knelt beside him, entered into his pain, and introduced him to Jesus. You know, when I first picked it up, I was so drawn to John's perseverance and his audacious hope. Even now, I love thinking about how God has used him. Someone who was in such a dire situation to bring real and relevant help and that same audacious hope to so many people. And I love to give people a little bit of an update. When you read this book and you see how truly broken John was, and then I'm going to give you a spoiler alert for the end of the story. Last, uh, two years ago, John was awarded a CBE over in the UK for his services to the community. And that just tickles me every time I share it because I think about how God has taken him on this extraordinary journey, has used this extraordinary, humble, ordinary man to do something so powerful, so hope-giving in so many communities. So come and grab a book if you don't have one. All you need to do, there's some forms on the seats, and if you don't have one, come and grab one after the service. Just fill in the green bit of the form, and I can give you a book to take home. But now, let's have a look at Sia's story. I was at a point in my life where I actually didn't want to be here. It was depressing, and um, I didn't know who to talk to. It was the debt. It was the things I was doing, the life I was living. I just remembered um, like when my daughter was little, we had nothing in the cupboard. I would go rummaging like in between chairs, just looking for coins just to get some bread. It was terrible. I felt like I'd tackle a bill and then another bill would pop up. And I just, I guess I was going around in circles, like a merry-go-round. I didn't know how I could get out of it. And I hated it. Like, I was just like, this is like, this is life. One day I went to the mailbox and grabbed the newspaper and I brought it inside. And um, as I looked at it, it had the family on it that was, that was free of debt. And so I started reading it. Something inside me said to ring. At that time, I had no credit on my phone, but it was $800. I heard a knock at the door, and standing there was Chris. She was like an authoritative figure. Like, I'm here to, to get things done. I felt like finally somebody's here to help me. We sat down on the table, and she said to me, where's your bills? And I said, here. 
hand, palm of my hand, and she just went, right, give them here, and she took them from me. It felt like she just took a huge weight off me. There were like superheroes coming to sort out my life, pretty much, and they did. <laughs> she asked me if I went to church. I said no, and she's just started talking about a man named Jesus. It wasn't until she said that he is able to help me as well that I started to get a little bit interested in what she was saying. And then she asked me, could we pray with you? Do you want to invite Jesus into your life? And I said, okay, like what have I got to lose? Because I had nothing and felt like nothing anyways. After the prayer, it felt like God had picked me up and had me in his hand. And it was like, he went, like, finally, like, yes, you've come home, sort of. I started feeling happier, like I was full, like I had everything. When I was with Cap, it felt like I had support. I was at a point in my life where I actually didn't want to be here. It was depressing, and um, I didn't know who to talk to. It was the debt, it was the things I was doing, the life I was living. I just remembered um, like when my daughter was little, we had nothing in the cupboard. I would go rummaging like in between chairs, just looking for coins just to get some bread. It was terrible. I felt like I would tackle a bill and then another bill would pop up. And I just, I guess I was going round in circles, like a merry-go-round. I didn't know how I could get out of it. And I hated it. Like, I was just like, is this it? Is this life? One day I went to the mailbox and grabbed the newspaper and I brought it inside. And um, as I looked at it, it had the family on it that was, that was free of debt. And so I started reading it. Something inside me said to ring. At that time, I had no credit on my phone, but it was an 800 number. I heard a knock at the door, and standing there was Chris. She was like an authoritative figure. Like, I'm here to, to get things done. I felt like finally somebody's here to help me. We sat down on the table, and she said to me, where's your bills? And I said, here, I had a pole in my hand, and she just went, right, give them here, and she took them from me. It felt like she just took a huge weight off me. There were, like, superheroes coming to sort out my life, pretty much, and they did. <laughs> she asked me if I went to church. I said, no, and she's just started talking about a man named Jesus. It wasn't until she said that he is able to help me as well that I started to get a little bit interested in what she was saying. And then she asked me, could we pray with you? Do you want to invite Jesus into your life? And I said, okay, like what have I got to lose? Because I had nothing and felt like nothing anyway. After the prayer, it felt like... God had picked me up and had me in his hand. They say now and it was like, that their home is a place he went, of laughter, like, of like, finally, like, yes, and you'll joy. come home, sort of. 
and I Emma, started feeling who was living happier. in a garage. Like I was full. She went debt free like in I had 2015. When Since I was then, with Cap, I felt like I had job. support. And she's I had people son, that had my back, that, that believed in me, and, these and it made the process so much stories. easier. Three I didn't like having a budget, <laughs> but I knew More that um, what I was doing never worked. So yeah, I was willing to give this a go, and it actually worked out. I got a phone call from one of the ladies at the office and she um, said that I was debt free. I said thank you, thank you, thank you so much and I got off the phone and and 30 people I sat there and I just remembered like just crying I forgot just yeah just started just crying to be clear, part of the process of being cap I felt like it was motivating me to get a job to find my place in the world themselves. and I, I actually got off the benefit which is one and of the goals like that I Zia. wanted for my life it makes me feel really good me and my family's faith has grown yes with each other, even when things happen, That's stick it out through prayer. People and I love it, especially in my marriage. My hope for my children is um, that Every they day, seek God first. I feel like I'm teaching them better money principles. I just hope that what I've learned, they would be able to pick it up and do it for their families. I have a life now. Now I, I love and life. And life's so much happier and more fun with Jesus. I feel God's got bigger dreams than what, you know, than what I have at the moment. So yeah, it's amazing. How can you respond today? Firstly, if you have seen yourself in these stories, if you are struggling, come and chat with me after the service and grab a brochure or simply visit capnz.org. CAP's help is completely free, and there is hope for you. If you know someone who needs help, please come and grab some brochures so you can get that into their hands as well. And secondly, if you've been thinking, I want to help our neighbors right here in the Hawks Bay, Come and chat to me after the service. I would love to tell you more. As I mentioned, this church is already involved with CAP Money. And Steve and June and the crew here, they would love your skills and your passion and your resources. And finally, if your heart has been moved by compassion for families across Aotearoa, if you've ever wanted to create real and lasting change in people's lives, would you give regularly to the work of CAP and help the next Kath and Malo and Emma and Sia? This is one of the most immediate, life-giving ways to love your neighbor as yourself. This week, 30 people will make that brave first call for help. They will want to begin their own journeys out of debt. These are mums and dads who are living in desperate situations. When you give, they will receive free help and support for as long as it takes for them to become debt-free. So, $5 a week, the cost of a coffee, $20 a month, will make a life-changing difference. And it will join you 
with an army of thousands of New Zealanders giving what they can on a regular basis. It takes three of us each giving $33 a month for one family to receive the full free help that they need as they work towards their own debt-free day. And there's probably one or two of you who can give $100 a month and journey alongside one precious family. Would you give that today? And of course, our heart is that you would be generous with this church first. But if you'd love to help the next family who calls CAP above and beyond that, there's the same form on your seat. Just simply tick the box that you're interested in giving and fill out as much detail as possible and sign the bottom. And if you don't have all of your details today, don't panic. Just tick and sign and our team will get in touch with you during the week. As you consider your response, let's take a moment to reflect and then I will close us in prayer. Father, thank you for the warmth of this faith family. Father, thank you for their hospitality, their generosity, for their heart. Father, thank you for their vision to see renewal in the Bay. Thank you for their heart, their vision to see transformation in this community. Father, I ask that you bless them as they head into this week. Bless their days of prayer that are coming up soon. Bless them as they celebrate think it's nearly two years uh, of being in this place, Father. Yeah, Father, just I ask that you just bless them abundantly, Father. I ask that the joy, the generosity, the heart, the spirit that infuses this place, Father, that it continues to radiate, not just in this place, but throughout this community as well, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name.